Welcome to the Rough Places into Level Ground podcast, where we'll be studying various scriptures and their application to our lives. And as we come to God's Word, He promises to lead us in ways we do not know, in paths that we have not known, and to turn our darkness into light and rough places into level ground. Welcome to today's study. I'm Jackie Burns, and I'll be your host. Hello and welcome to today's study, which brings us to the book of Ezekiel and a message very much needed in each of our lives. Ezekiel speaks to the people in exile, as well as to us, about God's restoration for us and the hope that it brings. Just by way of a brief introduction, Ezekiel was a prophet during Judah's exile in Babylon. His call to be a prophet came when he was 30 years old, and he too was in exile. God called to Ezekiel while he was in Babylon, and this is significant because he called to him outside of Jerusalem. Most ancient peoples believed that their gods were only gods to certain people and limited to certain lands. But the one true God is not bound by time or space and comes to us regardless of where we find ourselves. Ezekiel was living in a small town called Tel Abib, just south of Babylon, with about 10,000 other exiles. Scripture tells us he was the son of Buzi and came from a priestly line. It was in his fifth year of exile that God came to him and called him to be a prophet among the exiles. His message was twofold. The first part of his message was to remind the people that their exile had resulted from their sin and turning from God and worshiping idols. The second part of the message was to let them know their God would not abandon them, that he would restore them. He would take their hearts of stone and replace them with hearts of flesh. These were people who had found themselves far from all they knew, and they were captive in a foreign land. On one level, they may have understood the first part of Ezekiel's message to them, that it was their turning from God that resulted in their exile. But on another level, they still, like many of us, may have wondered, why is all this happening? Sometimes we all find ourselves far from where we thought we would be or where we should be and living in our own lands of exile. You know, life can sometimes scatter us and distract us from following God, and it can take us in so many directions. We pursue all we think that is important to our lives. But we can find ourselves in what feels like exile and looking at many lost years of our life. Lost years can take many different forms in our lives. They can be years of hard work, maybe with little to show for them. Years of oppression, loneliness, disappointment, mourning and emptiness, illness, addictions. Years without love, years spent rebelling against God and without Christ heading up our lives. Sometimes our exiles and lost years can be a result of our decisions And sometimes they happen because of circumstances in our lives. But either way, two things are true. The first is that no matter where we are in our life, 
God has sustained us through our trials, and God is calling us back to him. In Deuteronomy 30, verses 2 through 4, God says, And return to the Lord your God, you and your children, and obey his voice in all that I command you today, with all your heart and with all your soul. Then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have mercy on you, and he will gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. Satan will use our times of exile and lost years just to bring us down. He will remind us of our failings and our shortcomings. He'll keep our pain in front of us to break us and cause us to doubt the goodness of our God. But Christ wants to bring us up in his goodness. He wants to care for us and bring us closer to him so we can experience his grace, grace after grace. John 10.10 tells us Jesus came to give us not just life, but abundant life, not as a thief who wants to take from us. As Satan parades our past and maybe even our todays in front of us, he wants to hurt and destroy us. But we must remember Christ is with us, calling us to him and his goodness for us. Jesus knows the dark places of this world, the dark places and trials we face, the lost years, the scattering, the time we've spent following what the world deems good that ends up not bringing to our lives all that was promised, the fulfillment we were seeking and remaining without. Jesus enters our exiles. He came to heal. He came to restore and forgive. And he came to bring us back to him. And in doing this, he promises to turn our hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. Our God wants to bring restoration to our lives. And Ezekiel speaks to the people and to us about this very restoration and brings us hope. Restoration means to bring back to a former condition or position. Within the Bible, restoration means that God takes what is broken and makes it new, where we receive back more than we've lost, and our final state is better than our original condition. Charles Spurgeon, a well-known English Baptist preacher, has said that as we interact with the world, our hearts become hard. He said the heart becomes harder as we are of the world and harder by our sins. He described the heart as naturally a heart of stone, and by the work of divine grace in us, it can become a heart of flesh. Before we turn to Ezekiel, let me share with you a story of God's restoration and divine grace. It occurred in Ghana, West Africa, a few years back among two groups of Aboriginal people. The two groups are the Akpafu and the Lullaby. They are the two groups that speak the language Siwu, and they are ancient iron-making people and farmers that live in the mountains. Within Ghana, English is the official language, and you is the local trade language used in the villages and churches. The Akpafu converted to Christianity around 1897, and the Lullaby around 1903. Both groups were introduced to Christianity through the U language. U is the language taught in school, 
But not all people in these two groups go to school. And as a result, relating to God in a language that's not your own is difficult. And the people had trouble relating to God, who they felt didn't speak their language. A few hundred years back, these two groups had an issue between them, which ended up separating them, one living to the west and the other to the east. They once related to each other as siblings, but this was no longer the case. Their hearts had become hardened to each other, and they remained separated. In the years of early 2000, the Bible was being translated into their native language, Siwu. Representatives from both groups were asked to assist in this project. Both groups agreed, and representatives decided they would come together and put their desire for God above the long-standing feud between them. Both groups were anxious to know God did indeed speak their language. They came forward to assist in the translating and to have the opportunity to relate to God in their own language, and in doing so, the New Testament translation was completed in 2009, and through this process, both groups came to be reconciled and their relationship was restored. It was through God's word that we are restored not only to him, but to each other. It was through God's word that the Siwu people were restored to each other. Romans twelve four and 5 tells us that we are many parts of one body, but we're all one under Christ, and we belong to each other. God relates to us regardless of the language we speak. Be it a language of hurt, betrayal, loss, illness, pride, mistrust, abuse, neglect, grief, or any of the other languages the world may teach us. Through our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, the Siwu-speaking people had their hearts of stone for each other restored to hearts of flesh. And once again, they relate to each other as siblings in our Lord's family. Before we read today's scripture, please join me in prayer. Father, we praise you and thank you for your word. You know our places of exile, and you come to us in them. You sustain us and bring us through our trials and afflictions in your strength. You are a good, good God who never leaves us and promises to restore us better than we were. We ask you to bless our study, and Father, please guide our study and help our hearts become hearts of flesh. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pick back up in Ezekiel 11, verses 14 through 21, and look at God's assurance of restoration. If you have your Bibles, please read with me. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, your brothers, even your brothers, your kinsmen, the whole house of Israel, all of them are those of whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, Go far from the Lord. To us this land is given for a possession. Therefore say, Thus says the Lord God, Though I removed them far off among the nations, and though I scattered them among the countries, yet I have been a sanctuary to them for a while in the countries where they have gone. Therefore say, Thus says the Lord God, I will gather you from the peoples and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. And when they come there, they will remove from it 
all its detestable things and all its abominations, and I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. But as for those whose heart goes after their detestable things and their abominations, I will bring their deeds upon their own heads. This declares the Lord. Ezekiel was among the Jews that were taken into exile in 597 by the Babylonians, and he ministered among the exiles. And during this time, as we've said, Ezekiel both reminded the Jews that it was because of their sin in turning from God and turning to idols of the world that they actually were in exile. And secondly, he ministered to them to increase their faith, that a restoration would indeed come that God would not cast them away forever. Their unfaithfulness to God would not keep God from being faithful to the people. God promised to bring the people back from the places that they were scattered and back into relationship with him. Now the Jews had thought that God was in the temple, the temple that they left behind in Jerusalem. But God has always been with his people he will care for us in all our exiles, and he will bring us home. It would be easy for the Jews in captivity to think, yeah, we are far from God. But God was assuring them he was with them and that he would restore them. Now, the Babylonians had left behind some of the Jews as they were thought to be either too old or too sickly to be of use. And these Jews thought that it was the ones taken into exile. They were the ones that God wasn't going to bless. They were the ones at fault. But Ezekiel eleven sixteen lets it be known that even though God took them into exile, he was always with them and he would be their refuge. So we can see that even in our times of exile and judgment, God is with us and he promises to bring us back to give us a new spirit and remove our hard hearts. Our God will bring us back from our afflictions and from every circumstance that may threaten our closeness with him. Matthew Henry was a 17th century minister, and he's written many commentaries and devotions on scripture. And he says it was the Jews that were among those not taken into captivity, those left in Jerusalem, that thought they would never fall. And it was those taken captive that thought they would never rise. Have you ever been in a circumstance from which you believed you would never rise? We're never too low, too beaten down, or too far from God that he can't restore us, that he cannot raise us up when we think we may never rise again from our depths. Ezekiel was able to maintain and share hope because he knew who God was. As a prophet of God, Ezekiel had been shown a vision, and his hope was because he had been shown and led to understand who God was. In knowing God came his hope. Today, we can know God and understand who God is and have hope in him because we have God's word. We have the Bible the words of God to us about who he is. Our hope in God 
is what lets us make it through all our hard times in the darkness of this world. God promises to restore us through all of our afflictions and take our hardened hearts and in return create within us hearts of flesh. God promises each of us to bring us through our exiles and to restore us even better than we were before and to bring us home to Him. You know, in one way or another, at one time or another, each of us is afflicted. Each of us faces a trial, a hard time, a dark time in our lives, a time we need to be restored from and restored to God. Each of us, in one way or another, experiences a hardening of our hearts as we interact with our world. Life is hard and at times hardening. God knows this, and he uses our afflictions almost as a mercy as he enters our pain, enters the hard places of our hearts, and begins to transform them into hearts of flesh. In Hebrew, a heart of stone is one that is lifeless. It may be plugged into all the things of the world, and it may appear alive, but yet our true life is from and in Christ. As our hearts through Christ are transformed to hearts of flesh, they become tender to God and tender to each other. As hearts of stone become hearts of flesh, God breathes new life into them and restores our troubled souls. He restores them to souls of peace, souls of joy and trust and loving relationships. May we, like the Siwu people of Ghana, prioritize our relationship with God above all else, and through our single-mindedness to our Lord, welcome Him into our hearts, welcome Him into our exiles and afflictions. Thanks to our God who changes us from the inside out as we are restored to be one with each other and one with our Father. Until next time, praise God and God bless.
William Cowbird, testing one, two.